Now the lounge is full of farmers for the seven. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rocks Across the Pond. It's a curling podcast. My name is Ryan McGee coming to you from Richmond, Virginia, the curling hotbed of Richmond, Virginia. And joining me from across the pond in Southampton, England, is our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm really excited about the European Curling Championship. Um, the Euros. That is that is why we are recording right now. We are recording a emergency podcast. I guess it's our first emergency podcast uh, to preview the European Championships, and we figured, why on earth not? Since you know you're in Europe, you might be able to tell us about them. Um, so tell us uh, how this whole thing works. So it's a bit weird. So basically the Euro it was coming when I came over to Europe from Canada, I didn't really have much sense of how it worked or what all the fuss was about. But the, the big thing is the European championship is the qualifying event for the European teams. And Europe's now getting close to, to 24, 25 teams, uh, 24 or 25 active countries. Um, and so they've basically split the European now up into three pools, a C pool, a B pool, and an A pool. The C pool championships are always in May the year before, so the end of the previous season. The top two teams in the C get promoted to the B pool. Uh, and then the B pool, they've uh, – it depends. If the men's have like two pools. Women's is simply one pool, but they have uh, either 16 teams or 10 teams depending on the gender. And the top two winners from the B pool get promoted to the A pool. And the A pool, the bottom two teams in the A pool get dropped down at the end of the event. So the promotion relegation process makes it pretty interesting. Uh, there's a bit of a wrinkle this year with a new world qualification event. So this year, the bottom two teams in the A pool, and there are 10 teams on each side, each gender. So eighth so so sorry the top seven teams get to go to the worlds <laughs> eight and nine go to the world qualification event out of the a 10th just gets dropped to the b pool and the top two teams in the b pool now go to the world qualification event so it's a, it's a tricky bond spiel to understand uh when people complained about relegation being introduced to the briar and the scotties they they haven't seen uh anything like relegation they've seen the euros but it's there's really not that much gap anymore between the top of the c pool and the bottom of the a pool and so to give you kind of one example rasmus sterna a few years back took denmark from the c all the way up to the a all the way up to uh winning a world medal winning with silver medal losing the super medal game to akui he then last year opted not to enter the Euros because he's preparing for the Olympic qualification event. And as a consequence, Denmark got relegated back down to the C and had to win the C just to get back up to the B. But knowing Denmark normally puts a good team on the ice, Denmark's probably one of the favorites in the B pool. So it's really possible for countries to swing all the way from C back up to A, back up to Worlds in a season. 
It's very European of you to have promotion and relegation over there for the European Championships. Uh, and we will talk more about the ability to go for a, the possibility of going from C to A in a very short time span uh, later in this podcast. The European Championship starts this weekend. It will be held November 16th through 24th in Tallinn, Estonia. And it's going to be interesting this year. So this is the this is year one of a new quad. There's some new teams being put together. There's you know not a ton of pressure on these teams because the world points what don't count this year uh, for qualifying for the Olympics. It's the next two years, right? Yeah, it's the next two years, and yeah. uh, it looks. I'm not quite sure of the Olympic qualification process, but my understanding is a bit more open in the sense that there'll be more teams getting into the final Olympic qualifier event at the end of the quad. So it's a bit less make or break. Whereas uh, last quad, it really was quite tricky. You had to basically make a world in order to get enough points to appear in the Olympic qualification event. So we're getting underway this weekend. Yeah. Other than the, you know, the, the big four, I guess, uh, Sweden, Switzerland, Scotland, and Norway. Who do you think, who do we need to watch other? We'll, we'll talk about those countries later. You know, that's what, you know, those are the ones everyone focuses on. If you're new to this event, um, who's, who's going to be the up and coming team to watch you think? Uh, in the April, I'd say Germany, uh, and the Netherlands are the two that I've got my eye on. Uh, yeah, Van Dorp's kind of been, he's always been in the world's last two years and he's also been on tour, made the tier two grand slam event, uh, this past weekend. So they're, they're climbing up the rankings. I think they were mid twenties last time I checked the world curling tour standing. So they've been, uh, touring kind of building, uh, they finished pretty strong at the end of the week last year at the world's and we're kind of just on the outside looking at the playoffs. So they're the kind of team that with a good week could medal, I think, uh, this week at Euros. I might might catch a few of the more established teams off guard. Uh, Germany's got a new lineup. So they got a, a Canadian expat, uh, former junior champ Ryan Sherrard at third. So that's always kind of an interesting angle. And uh, Germany's one of those teams that always is kind of always in that uh, – battling it out at the end of the week for like sixth or seventh place. So just on the quest of qualifying for worlds, but maybe by adding an experienced player like Sherrard, that puts them a bit more in the, in the metal hunt playoff hunt, as opposed to just battling out for those last two world spots. Yeah. I remember them talking about him during worlds last year and last year he was playing second uh, this year. They're, they have a new skip. Their third is now their skip and Sherrard has moved to vice I remember last year, I think, toward the end of the week, they started having Sherrard uh, skip that team. Yeah. And it's interesting because Germany is a country that's had a lot of success at this event, but has not had a lot of recent success at this event. Recently, it's been dominated by Sweden, Switzerland, Norway, uh, and Scotland. But Germany has a few has a few golds in this event but not not a no gold medal since 2004 for Germany. So is this a team that's kind of that that's up and coming that may be able to get them back on the podium? I think so. I think to me it's like one of the teams to watch. It's a, a new lineup so me you know you never really know with a new lineup but uh you know former junior champ in there 
kind of raised a few eyebrows. And so I think kind of adds an interesting angle uh, to them. And this is the men's side they're talking that we are talking about. We'll get to the women here in just a second, where Germany also has a little bit of a history in this event, but not terribly recent. Recently, the men's side of the European Championships has been completely dominated by Nicholas Adin. He's won the last four. He's won five of the last six. Is there any reason to believe that he won't be back on top of the podium this year? Uh, I would say his form in the first part of the season has been pretty shaky. So you got to you kind of wonder what's going on there. Is it maybe an Olympic hangover? Like like Nicodine's now won everything there is to win in curling except that gold medal. And so maybe when you get to that stage uh, and you've won the Euros multiple times, uh, you've won Spiels multiple times, maybe there's less motivation. Maybe your edge drops a bit. And so to my to my my read of the Adine team is they're kind of just laying in wait and they're the kind of team that'll probably turn it on later in the in the in the quad when they kind of get closer to the what I assume is their kind of only goal left, which is winning a gold medal. So their their poor start of the gate early this season, I think maybe creates some opportunities for some other teams to to medal and maybe even uh, grab the gold medal, kind of snatch it away from the Swedes. And which teams do you which teams do you think are are poised to you know try and pounce on that? I'm sure they're looking at the way Sweden's played earlier in this in this season and think, okay, this is this is our chance. Is that is that the is that the Swiss team now with uh, Peter de Cruz adding uh, Sven Mihel, uh at third? I think I pronounced that right. Yeah. Did I even come close on that? Well, I can't. I th- You're I can't out there. Did I even come close well, on that? I tried. I don't know. If he's French, then it's Michel, but he could be Swiss German, then it is Michel. So I can't. I can't remember if he's Sven Michel or Sven Michel. Uh, but <laughs> no, they, isn't he French? Because one of the weird things about the De Cruz team is they talk his in name's English. Finn. No, I don't. No, th- I, don't I don't know. Think he's I don't know. <laughs> this is so the time. The one time I curled in the Alps. <laughs> this is a segue. It was very confusing because I played a team. I'm in Italy and I'm playing an Italian speaking team and they're like, Oh no, no, we're from Switzerland. I'm like, okay. And the next game I speak, play a German speaking team. Like, I'm like, Oh, you must be from Switzerland or Germany. Like, Oh no, 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 no. We're from Italy. <laughs> so the, the Alps are a bit messed up. That's why they had a couple of world wars. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I can't, the one thing I know about the, the team is that, uh, the Swiss team was interesting as they communicate in English because half of them or one of them's German speaking and the other's like French speaking and English is their, their common language. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I do think so the, to get us back on track, Ryan, uh, just call him Sven. Let's call him Sven. I think it's the, obviously if a Dean's down a bit, that creates an opportunity for who I'd say is two and three in the pecking order. And that's Muat and De Cruz. And so, the Scottish team made the interesting decision of not playing in the tier two slam leading up to uh, the Euros because it, it's a quick turnaround time. Uh, you know, it's a five day turnaround time and jet lag can be a factor. So team, the kind of British curling program opted to not send their teams to the slam. And the Swiss actually went over and played in the slam. And so the crews had a really good run in the slam and uh, they're coming in on form, but jet lag might be a factor. Whereas Mua is rested and had had pretty good form, I'd say early this year. So 
they're probably I put them as favorites simply because Adin's form has dropped a bit. Although Adin's the kind of team that can probably turn it on if they want to, when they want to, or when they decide to. And then the fourth team is Norway, which is not the pants team this year. We will not see Thomas Olsrud in the European Championships this year. It's Stefan Wallstad, who was also at the Worlds last, finished fifth at the Worlds last year. But this is his first crack at the Europeans. What do you, you know, what's your read on this team? I think they are, they're more likely to be the Norwegian Olympic team at the end of this quad, right? So they're probably on a a build year this year. And so getting kind of top level international experience is probably their goal. I, I think Personally, I think at these kinds of events, it's re- really rare, even for a high-quality team. Like you see it the same in the Scotties and the Briar kind of stuff, where even if like a top-level slam team makes the Briar the first time, it's very rare for them to win that kind of an event. I, I say something similar applies here to the Euros. So with Wellstad, I think they're they're going to probably make a good run or deep run this week, but perhaps the lack of kind of playing in this kind of an event, which is a bit different from a slam or a spiel. Um, might lead to might might lead to I mean I guess they did the the world but it might lead to kind of a, make them a slightly less of a favorite so I kind of put them underneath uh, the big three if you will in kind of fourth place so probably on the bubble of the medal round perhaps meddling but uh, certainly a team that's gettable for the kind of middle of the pack teams I'd say and a country that is promoted this year uh, up from the B pool is Finland. Um, if you are familiar with this tournament or you're familiar with watching the Olympic qualifying event from the last five years, you are probably familiar with Akukausta from Finland or as Matt Sussman from Twitter referred to them as the most metal team in curling. They have retired. So unfortunately, the most metal team in curling will not be in the Euros this year. What can you tell us about Vili Michaela and the new team Finland that is appearing at the Euros. I know nothing. <laughs> All right. So, so some teams I know a fair bit about. Other teams, it's uh, you know, I saw actually figuring out who they were was a bit of a challenge in terms of us pecking around social media. So I don't, I haven't seen them in any bond spiels. I don't know much about them. Uh, you know, Finland's Finland's a solid European. Um, curling country but certainly not one of the powerhouses and so in a lot of these countries after the after a after their a or b team the the standard drops off pretty quickly i assume that they were obviously kind of the best team after kotse so they will probably won't be um they won't be terrible but uh they they don't seem to have much kind of international competitive experience and this will probably be a full like a very kind of new kind of event for them so that'll put them at a bit of a disadvantage i think and so their goal is probably just to stay up, perhaps make the world qualification event. They they played well. I remember seeing that they went far in that WCT Challenger event that was in Latvia earlier this year. Yeah. So, you know, they've they've beaten teams that you would consider around their level. So I, I think they'll stay up. The two teams that I think will go down are the two teams that I know zero about, um, which is Poland and Russia. 
uh, Poland. It's the first time in the A pool ever for Poland, for the Polish men. Uh, their skip is Bartosz Zajkowski. Uh, he appears to be very young. The one, the information that I found about him was a post on his university's website about the fact that he was representing Poland at the ECCs <laughs> and Russia, who is throwing out a skip that uh, really an entire team that I had never heard of before. Uh, the skip is 24. His name is Mikhail Voskov. He was a lead on a team that went to world juniors in 2015. Other than that, I have no idea about this team. I did see on the WCT's website that they finished third at the Prague Classic a couple weeks ago. But other than that, I know zero about them. I think Alexei Tuzov's one of their junior teams, so he might have been in the Worlds too, maybe, uh, recently. The name seems familiar to me, but I haven't double-checked that. My hunch is it's um, one of their... They're getting ready for Beijing. Yeah, so it's uh, uh, they—they actually, I believe, they do a playoff system in Russia, uh, and I know they did on the women's side. Yeah, I think they do do some form play down format, Um, but I—I think these are kind of, if I'm reading it correctly, based off their age, they're out of their junior program, and the junior program's solid, right? So they've—they've got about Mm -hmm. a decade now of kind of full-time pro- professional coaching in there. So they are able to, in the, they're basically a team in the juniors that bounces back between B pool and A pool. And those kinds of curlers, uh, for they're getting the proper coaching tend to be pretty competitive once they get to the adult side in international curling. Right. So they're, they're of a level pretty similar, I'd say to China. Uh, and so kind of like where China's a like top of the pack, uh, I wouldn't say they're obviously top of the Euros because there's a deeper, there's kind of more top tier teams in the Euros, but I I think they'd probably be kind of looking for that sixth or seventh spot kind of team. I don't think they're irrelevant. Really, you don't think team. that they're, you don't think, you've, even though this is their first, you know, their first crack at any kind of field that looks anything like this. Uh, you think that they've they've got a chance to be middle of the pack and and maybe even go to the go to worlds? Yeah, I just, so, so to my mind, it's if I'm thinking, in, I think I'll probably think in terms of tiers. So probably the top four, and I've kind of broken down how I rank those teams, and then I put them in that tier with the Dutch, uh, Italy, probably in Germany. So. So that's kind of an interesting tier to be in, like five through eight, right? And then I'd probably say Poland and Finland are going to be struggling to stay up, in my opinion. Uh, so you think the you think the two teams the two teams that are up are going right back down? I, I'd say so. Like the, the Latvia feels pretty interesting. I actually played in it last year, and so I would describe it as. Did you uh, win? I did not win. Did you win any games? We, we offered. We you offered. offered. Yeah, no, we offered in that spiel. Uh, I, but I would, I would describe it as uh, so. A couple of things. I think this year the, the pool was a little less deep. Like Cammy Bryce didn't go back. Um, uh, the Danish team wasn't there. Uh, a lot of like the last year, a lot of the kind of teams on the cusp of the Olympic qualifying event were using that as a tune-up because it was two two weeks before. And 
it's it's kind of a it's the fact they did well there would probably tell me they'd be making a run at the top of the B pool, but there's a pretty big gap, I'd say, from top B bottom A to kind of six seventh above an A. That seems to be where the kind of the lip is. And so a team like Van Dorp, who used to be in the B pool, they've kind of gone out, got points in the World Tour, and I'd say they've kind of clawed themselves into that kind of safe world qualifying zone whereas these teams are going to struggle against most of the teams at the top of the pack and are going to be grinding it out for for two three wins at the end of the week just to stay up i think do you want to make picks now or do you want to preview the women and then make picks for both at the end uh my pick is i'm gonna say form trumps jet lag and schwartz over muet take it to the bank Schwartz over Muet in the in the gold medal final. Adine getting the bronze, and then Van Dorp getting fourth. That's my my picks. All right. Well, that was that was going to be. I hate making. I don't. I don't like making public picks because I make fun of the guys. The guy from uh, Game of Stones whenever he's wrong. And if you make when you make picks publicly, you just you you're probably going to be wrong, and then you're going to hear about it. Uh, I'll probably I gonna, be wrong. Maybe we should was, challenge Game of Stones if they're listening to this pod to make their picks on their pod. <laughs> so I was gonna, I was gonna take De Cruz over Muit, um, yeah. just to be different. I'll take Muit over De Cruz, Adin third, Wallstad fourth. Yeah, that's fair picks. Uh, who do you think's going? And you said you think, you think Finland and Poland are going back to B. Yeah, they're going back down. I think I will take Poland and Russia going going down, going All down right. to the D pool. They're gonna they're gonna be relegated. All right. So the women's side of the Europeans has, well, the men's side has been dominated. The women's side, you know, you've had a lot of different winners. In fact, the last five uh, champions have all been different. And you've had a lot of different champions from Switzerland, a lot of different champions uh, from Russia. And then we have Eve Muirhead, who's back playing. She also took the week off, and she's back as the skip for Scotland. Who do we need to watch at the, at the top of this, this side of things at the Euros? Uh I think in I, I actually think this year there's not a race. I think Hasselberg is so hot right now. Uh, you know they're they're mowing down the slam fields. This will be this will be shooting fish in a barrel for them the way they're going. Uh, so they, I, they really they really have been relentless killing machines. Yeah, even so, dating back to last year, with the exception of the final in the World Championships. But even then, in that game, Hasselberg made an incredible shot to force an extra end. So this is the best team in the world. This is the team playing the best in the world. And really we should just be debating who do we think is going to finish second. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, obviously you get into the playoffs and you know, one game, anything can happen, but Hasselberg will be there definitely at the end of the week. And I'll be strong, strong favorites, I think in, in the playoffs too. Would they so, even be taking? Would they even be taking bets on this uh, in the various London London bookmakers? Well, I mean, we saw last year in the Olympics, curling is a crazy sport, 
anybody can beat. I don't mean anybody. I don't mean because it's curling. I mean because Hasselborg is would be so much of a favorite. Would they just take it off the board? I don't know. I would never like. I I, I can't. It's not like some like some sports like you know basketball, football. I think there's you know there are cases where you just take it off the board. But I I, I never want to be a hundred percent certain in any curling match like ever. You know like. Uh, I've seen a, there's, I've seen a lot of upsets, especially in big time events. So I could see them not winning gold. I'd be stunned if they didn't make the playoffs, right? But once you're in the playoffs, even if you're the favorite, it, it's, it's probably seventy thirty the odds you win that game. So uh, yeah, I, I you know I'd say there's other teams that have a shot, but I think Hasselberg's kind of clearly ahead, and I definitely would put my money on them to gold. Uh, but I think that I think it's a it's a bit more interesting going a little bit further down because obviously the next two would be Mirhead and Tiranzoni. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the like the men's Swiss team, the women's Swiss team with Tiranzoni has added another skip to their lineup. You have Alina Potts uh, throwing fourth stones with Tiranzoni throwing third as the skip. Is that is that something that we should read into how the Swiss kind of run their curling program that they're really going after it this quad or what, or are they more self-formed there? So Swiss is, Swiss is interesting. Uh, I I believe they're self-formed and they qualify off order of merit points. So they qualify the qualification for the euros is off spiels up until a certain point in the season, how many OOM points your squad gets. So it's not like some countries are straight picks. So like Scotland, uh, Scotland's kind of a coach's pick. Although if the coaches think the teams are close, they can call for a playoff round. Uh, but they basically with both Muirhead and Muet being like top, top five in the world, they, they just picked them and, and uh, sent them without any playoff this year. But Switzerland's a straight up go out, spiel, earn points. Whoever gets the most points goes. So this is clearly a case of the Tiranzoni team kind of deciding to, to load up, if you will, for, for an Olympic run. So between them and the Muirhead team, who do you think poses the, the, the best challenge to Hasselberg at, at this event? Well, I think the, the big X, well, so Eve's got two big X factors at the moment, right? So X factor one is coming back off a pretty serious uh, reconstruction of her hip. Uh, so it's, it's not, they, the results haven't been that great yet. So it's kind of, you kind of wonder how long it's going to take her to get back up the full steam, getting off an injury. And then it's basically a new lineup, right? Vicky, you know, Warren Gray was in for a couple of years, but Vicky Chalmers is kind of the one steady constant getting Jennifer Dodds in at, uh, at third's kind of a new interesting combination there. So it's not, I think this team is clearly playing a lighter schedule this year. And perhaps a bit like Adine, you know, probably lying in wait that with Mirhead, she's also, you know, there's not much she hasn't won. Like she's kind of gunning for the Olympic medal too, I think. And so perhaps for them, this is more of a feeling it out kind of year. They certainly want to do well on post results, but they're not going to be, they're not, they're not aiming to peak right now. I think they're, they're putting a plan in place to peak in 2022. So to that, with that in mind, I kind of think Tiranzoni a little bit over Mirhead in the top three there. Is this going to be the coming out party for Alina Kovaleva? This is her first big tournament as a skip. She's played in this tournament and in uh, Worlds as an alternate before. It's her first big tournament as a skip. 
In the past, we've seen Sidorova and Moisieva both uh, get medals at the world level, not just at the European level. But this is the first time we're seeing this particular skip for for Russia. Is you know, is this going to be kind of her her introduction? You know, her hello world moment. I mean, maybe I think I, I yeah I, I think the Russian program's one that's that's kind of been around a while and is starting to post solid results. Kovaleva maybe is kind of getting past Sidorova now in terms of stature. So perhaps this is the year they they kind of become the big Russian team uh, on tour. So it's certainly certainly interesting to see a, a, a different face. In the last few years, Sidorova has definitely posted good results uh, the last few Euros out. So Kovaleva is kind of of an equal standard. So it wouldn't be surprising to see them in the medal round either. And then the other team... The other team I think to keep an eye on is the Kubaskova team from the Czech Republic. This was a team that I don't know if I don't know if came out of nowhere is is a good choice of words, but kind of came out of nowhere and made the playoffs at Worlds last year. So now now she's back at the Euros here. Do you think that that team has a chance to make the podium? Uh, I think so. I mean, I think the women's is a lot more open. Right? And so you got like a lot more churn, right? At least after you get past that, that number one spot, I think it's wide yeah, open. I think it is wide open. And so we go through the whole list. I'm like, sure, actually, you know, like definitely Kubiskova, Daniela Gensch, right? Also has kind of had a lot of world's experience and, you know, does pretty well on the, on the European tour. Not, not quite a slam team, but uh like, like decent form in european events uh even latvia latvia is kind of one of those countries you, you may not uh know much about but certainly they're always kind of another one of these teams that bounces back between b and a uh and they've got a pretty kind of active federation they they bring in kind of top level coaching to help out so there's a there's a bunch of these countries here who you might not think of as being uh, contenders, uh, maybe because they're not quite medal standard at the Worlds, but I, this one, I find the women a harder pool to pick after you get outside the big three, if you will. Uh, definitely. And then you mentioned Daniela Jinch. She's been she's been around a while. This is her sixth time skipping in the A pool, uh, but her best finish is only sixth. Uh, is that a team that, you know, have they kind of reached their their peak, or do they? Is that a team that can that can finish finish better against this field? So that's an interesting one. I think their big advantage is continuity, because uh, some of these teams are trying new lineups out, um, and it sounds like they're going at it for another quad. So, and they're, they're funded by the German Curling Federation, but the funding there, I think, is a bit more uneven if I understand the situation properly. So the funding is also a big factor for a lot of these teams, right? So you get to the top of the table, some like Eve Muirhead, you know, knows she's fully funded for the quad. You get a little bit further down and, and the association fundings can often be quite contingent on how close you are to qualifying for the Olympics. So she was outside looking in last Olympic cycle. Uh, I think, I think that's her goal for this quad is probably to try to qualify for Olympics. So, you know, a bit like the men, the German teams, they're kind of always, they're not really fighting for the medal podium, 
there, there may be kind of midweek, might be a bit nervy about kind of falling into the relegation zone, but they always seem to be in that mid-tier, like sixth, seventh, fifth kind of kind of pecking order. All right, do you want to make picks, or is there anyone else from from the women's side of the A pool that we need to talk about? Uh, the the one who always kind of shows up and puts on a show is Madalena Dupont. I, it's, it's just like every Euros I watch, like what you don't, you kind of don't think, um, uh, yeah, they're kind of a team that, you know, they occasionally show up at worlds and kind of, they're kind of just there. If you get the the kind of saying, but, uh, at Euros, like they can put on some runs. They can like put on a good show and, and potentially medal. They're, they're they finished third in 2016. And yeah. this is a team that our Canadian listeners have definitely heard of from the last Olympics. Yes. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're a bit like, they are a good grinder team. Like if I were to think of an analogy for like a Canadian team, it'd be like, you know, like how Krista McCarvel's not quite a slam team. Like she, I think she was in the slams this weekend, but she's, mm-hmm. but every Scotty, she just shows up and she's just, she just won't go away. Madalena DuPont's kind of a similar, similar kind of curler in my mind, similar makeup, like just doesn't, may not be, doesn't, may not have the firepower of a Muirhead or a Hasselberg, but just knows how to grind out wins. And so to me, they're always a team that's, that's dangerous, right? They can upset a Rachel Holman say. So uh, they're just kind of a dangerous team. <laughs> that was the only win that they had at the Olympics, I think. And it's very Madalena Dupont-esque, right? Would so, be would be to, for that to yeah. be the one win. Yeah, like I, I, I could say like they're the team that's the toughest to pick. Like they could certainly be meddling. If any team here is going to pull off the upset against Hasselborg, uh, it's them. But they could also, you know, drop games against Italy, Latvia. Yeah, they, they could. They're, to me, they're the toughest team to call. Like they could fall down to the B. They could be on the podium come Sunday. So, All right, who who's going to win it? I think I know, I know who I'm picking. Hasselberg, of course. Yeah. All right, so beyond that, who have you got? I, I mean, I think, I think it's Hasselberg versus Tiranzoni, and then I, I'll, I'll pick Kubaskova over Mirhead. Uh, I think Muirhead makes the playoffs, but perhaps a, a team like I can see a team like Kubaskova sneaking in, and perhaps a bit more motivation and a bit more in form might be able to grab a bronze medal there. All right, I will go. I'll go off the board. I'll be the one that that gets to be wrong. Uh, for the silver, I'll take Alina Kovaleva from Russia, and for the bronze, I'll take Tiranzoni. All right, those are good pair of picks. All right, and then what about relegation? That's the trickier one. That is. Um, Latvia, and uh, along with the men, I think Finland stays up. So now I got to pick someone. Uh, Italy, I think Italy, Latvia, and Italy go get relegated. Latvia and Italy go down. I think Finland stays up in both the men's and women's side. Uh, I, I think I actually agree. Una Costa also has had some good runs at Euros, uh, and so. She has. She won bronze in 2015. It's a very up and down team. It seems yeah. like when they when they're in the A, they're they're either going to do really well or get relegated. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not it's not it's not improbable for a team and the same team to medal one year and get dropped the next year. Uh, so I, I but I think at this point the the Finnish team's experienced especially an experienced skip. So I think I see them as a team that will probably stay up. 
I think Italian women are kind of in that danger zone. It's a new skip. New skip. Experience, experienced, but first time as a skip, Veronica Zapponi. Yeah, I may go. I think it'll be a battle at the end of the week between Germany and Russia for ninth spot. Oh, wow. All right. That's what I see. So we've got so the interesting ones Russia. So you picked them as meddling. Yeah. I got them I potentially them, going them, down. I, yeah, I picked them to make the make the gold medal game, and you're picking them to to get relegated. And I think the Euros is interesting because that's certainly always a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while the A pool is going on, and this is more this is more pertinent to you being in England, the B pool is also going on, uh, and, and that includes England on both the men's side and the women's side. You know, this is a lot of countries where the sport is developing. Uh, a lot of countries where the teams are self-funded, but there's a lot of interesting stories. I think throughout throughout the B pool, you know that that if, as someone who you know makes his living as a storyteller, that's that's where you look for the good stories. And one of them, I think, is that Spanish team. Last yeah. year, last year they were one win away from going from the C pool to the A pool in one calendar year. They were one win away from being, you know, in that A pool playing against Nicholas Adin. They lost against Poland, so Poland got to advance. They're back in the B pool this year. Uh, in their skip, Sergio Vez, if you've heard that name, it's because he just won the silver medal at the World Mixed. What can you tell us about? Spanish curling, where on earth it has come from, and how they've gotten to this point so quickly. If you're an arena curler, and I know you are, uh, like Spain, Spain's the arena curling nation, right? They do not have dedicated ice. They they have a couple of ice hockey rinks in Madrid and I think Barcelona, where they get ice. We're talking days a year, like in the the ten to twenty day range a year, uh, but. They've got some very determined curlers who will travel initially at first all across Europe. And then a lot of them have now either, I know a few of them have kind of moved up to Scotland to be in Sterling, to be kind of around the elite curlers there. And I know a lot of them try to go to Canada at least once or twice a year to get, get top level coaching. Um, And so they're not a very deep country, but they they basically run two teams deep on each side in terms of gender, but they are very determined and kind of seeking out the coaching and putting in the work and kind of a bit like Stephanie Seneca are kind of like they'll they'll go travel just to find somewhere to throw stones and uh, it's paying off. So there, I, I think the Spanish team's always very gritty uh, in the junior B pool. England and Spain always have some kind of have some tense battles, uh, and it, I don't think it'll be any different. Uh, in the adult B pool where Spain's definitely going to be kind of in that, that promotion hunt. Uh, is there any team that's kind of like that on the women's side? Uh, let me scroll through. Well, another one who's kind of, well, a couple actually that probably would not jump out to North American listeners. So Mary Turman, who's going to be playing at home on home, home turf. Uh, she's, She's kind of an, a team that they only have, I think they only have a two-sheeter in Estonia. If, they may have a second rank, but there's not much curling ice there. But she, she's someone who's kind of up out of the junior ranks, does a fair bit of mixed doubles, and also will travel a lot just to throw stones. So she's like a pretty determined 
curler, kind of early 20s, and putting a lot of work in. And the Hungarian team, uh, Dorotaya Polanska, it's kind of done really well in juniors, won a world mixed doubles medal, and her team's kind of, you know, uh, they got they got all the way up to they got out of the B, the junior B pool and I think they finished fourth. They kind of they had a really deep run one year in juniors a few years back. So that's a team to watch also. I'd say in the in the B pool that might not jump out to to many listeners who don't follow B pool European curling as closely as <laughs> I do. And uh, Hungary, along with Turkey, are the two teams on the women's side that dropped down from the A pool. In uh, that B pool on the women's side also includes friend of the podcast, Lisa Farnell. Uh, she, if you go back and listen to the episode where we interviewed her, she gives a lot of insight into how these teams prepare for Euros and what their path is in order to make Worlds. The men's side, the teams that dropped down from the A from last year are Slovakia and Austria. So, you know, any other stories from this pool, Any, any anything else we need to watch? On the women's side. Uh, or either either of either them. Either side. I mean, I'll be watching the English teams kind of closely because they're all friends and hope they, they do well. Uh, and, and, you know, like Lisa, like, you know, we, when we have Lisa on, you can, you can kind of go back and listen to her interview. Like, she was very much in that they could have been falling down the relegation zone, but they were also one game out of and being in the medal round, right? And then you're just, you're just one win away from from going up. So that's kind of how thin the margins are last year. The men's team managed to stay up, uh, based on DSC. Uh, this year it's a different team, a bit more of a veteran team. Andrew Reed's won the English men's I think nine or 10 times. He, anyway, he's kind of like the perennial, he always perennial beats champion you, right? in England. Actually, no, last year we beat him, but we dropped two other games. So, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you would be previewing yourself, right? Uh, I mean, we, we were in the mix. I think you know we can we can talk about we can do a deep dive into English men's curling come February, Ryan, and I'm sure that will get uh, three listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I mean they're a good team. They're they're good good guys, and uh, he teamed up with another men's team from England and kind of formed, I wouldn't say a super team, but like a, you know, a strong, a, a top tier team from England. that has got a lot of international experience. And so they're a veteran team, so they could be dangerous. I wouldn't kind of, I don't, I can't see them getting relegated or fall into relegation zone, but the B pool gets harder every year. So it's not going to be an easy promotion for them either. Uh, and I also know the Welsh guys pretty well. And, and that's kind of an interesting team because it's three young guys and Adrian Nico, who's kind of plays seniors, very kind of crafty skip uh, with a group of guys in their 20s who are kind of been going at it, touring around Scotland for the last few years. So that's that's a team that could, if, if Adrian gets hot and I've, pl- I've played hot Adrian when he's hot and I've played him when he's cold and when he's hot, he's very tough to beat. Uh, so I could see that team having a hot week, too. Uh, and Turkey's always interesting because in the women's side, I would say Dilsat Yildiz, who also plays juniors, really good technique, great shot maker, uh, very dangerous team. I'd say that's a team that you might not think of. Again, if you're in North America, Turkey being a curling power, but Yildiz, certainly on the women's side, is a, a team to watch. All right. So do we even want to pick this? <laughs> I mean... 
I'm not sure. It's a tough. It's a tough pool to pick, right? So, uh, well, do you yeah. want to do picks? Sure. Um, on the men's pool B uh, to advance to A, I will take Austria and the Czech Republic. David Sick from the Czech Republic. Those are my two picks on the men's side. On the women's side, I will take. I will take Turkey to get back up. Dilset Yildiz and friend of the pod, Lisa Farnell. How about that? Oh, wow. You're a nice guy. All right. I'm so a, I'm a home. I'm a home. <laughs> All right. So do I have to? All right. So now I've got like, I've got multiple conflicts of interest. Here. Yes, you do. Now you have to yeah. decide who you want to anger. This is, this uh, is well, actually, this right. is why so I'm making you pick. Cause I want to, I want to see who you choose, <laughs> who you choose to tick off by gets, picking among all of your friends. It gets so much worse because, uh, so if Lisa finishes top two, she will then have she will then go to the world qualification event. She and I signed up for mixed doubles, so my mixed doubles partnership would fall apart right there. So I've got like I've got like personal <laughs> conflict. She's like a friend; the whole team's friends. You want them to do well, but then you know, like it'd be fun to do mixed doubles. But I think ultimately, uh, both of our hearts are probably more in the traditional version of the game. So. I'll I'll go with Lisa to get it over the line this year, make the playoffs, and finish the top two. And I'll pick Hungary as the other team that comes up from the B pool. Is the and is the Nor is the Norwegian team skipped by their player from the mixed doubles at the Olympics? Is that a team that's that's got a chance to get up? Yeah, I think Nor Norway's interesting. Uh, like it's. Their top teams are always pretty good, but it doesn't have much depth. Is the like every time I talk to Norwegian people, they're like, "Well, there's only two men's teams and only two junior teams, and it's not it's not that deep of a country," which is surprising given that it's got a pretty rich curling history. But um, yeah, and so yeah, so I mean, Norwegian women haven't really had much impact since the days of Dorothy Norby, right? So. They could do well, but and they've got kind of they've got enough facilities and they've got a lot of curling knowledge, but they certainly these days at least are kind of not quite on par with the other Scandinavian countries, I'd say. So All right. and then who are you going to anger on the men's side? On the men's side. Oh, well, there's a date because now I'd be giving, if I don't pick Reed, then I'm basically giving him bulletin board material for men. So I got to pick Reed. Correct. <laughs> They're the greatest team ever. Uh, how could they possibly lose? They'll go undefeated and get promoted, of course. And then I'm going to go dark horse here. I'm going to go double Hungarian promotion because Zolt Kiss is another team that I think kind of can certainly get it going on the men's side. So I'll go. Hungary and England, both pools. There you go. All right. Awesome. So, yeah, looking forward to watching some European curling uh, early in the mornings this upcoming weekend into all the way through the 24th, going into the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, thank you so much for for listening to a European Curling Championship podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, if you need to get in touch with us, you can email us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com. You can find us at Curling Podcast on Twitter. 
Uh, we are also on SoundCloud and Facebook. Remember, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews help us get found by anyone else that might be interested in a curling podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the European Championships, and we will talk to you soon.